0: So we're here about, well, I guess exactly a week into Lent, and today's P3 event gives us a good opportunity to evaluate how our Lenten fast, prayer, almsgiving, how these are going, and so we're called to this, this triptych, some people will call it, which just means it's a three-part observance, right, of the prayer, fasting, and almsgiving and the prayer and the, fa- the prayer and the almsgiving are generally pretty straightforward. But as I reflected on my time before seminary, no one really taught me how to fast. Um, to me, a fast was, you know, I didn't really think about it until someone said, well, what are you giving up for Lent? And I'm not really aware of anyone digging into what fasting means. Or, how to fast well. So, that's really what I want to talk about. And so, I want to get into why we fast in the first place, what our fasting does for us, and then some recommendations on how to fast. So, why do we fast? And we hear, we hear time and time again, especially if you go to daily Masses during the Lenten season, that the Scriptures are calling us constantly to this fasting and penance as a sign of repentance, right? So if you were at Mass today, we heard of Jonah's preaching to the Ninevites, right? And in this recounting of Jonah's preaching. He's calling the Ninevites to repentance, and they actually respond. They respond so well that even the cattle are found in sackcloth and ashes, right? because they recognize that they need God's mercy. And Jesus, in today's gospel, went so far as to say that even the people of Nineveh would denounce the people of Jesus' own time because of their lack of repentance. So we see here two reasons why we need to fast. First, as a sign of acknowledging our own shortcomings. So there's an aspect of justice here, right? For those who have gone to confession, right, there's often a penance to begin recognizing that we need to make up for the ways that we have fallen short. We need to try to restore what we lost. And when we proactively fast, especially during Lent, or if you take on any fast throughout the year, we recognize that all of the goods in our life are from God and must direct us back to God. So by renouncing certain goods, we show ourselves that there's really no worldly good in our life that can supplant God. We give up something in recognition of the times where we've ignored God's presence in our life. We give up a good that we commonly turn to to pull us to turn more towards God. And the second reason for fasting is actually a positive step toward God, right? So Jesus constantly calls his disciples to humility and an identification with the poor. So fasting should give us an opportunity to grow in humility by helping us to shift our focus outside of ourselves, so it helps us first to see jesus and we're all here before our lord present in the blessed sacrament recognizing our need for him and so we tie this prayer to our fasting and give it a purpose right our fasting must have some purpose and when it attaches to prayer then we recognize and we reach out of ourselves in recognition of that dependence on God, on how much we need him. Because even those goods that we have given up, do they not come from him? And second, fasting helps us to reach out of ourselves to the poor. In our fasting, we give up some excessive good, usually food or entertainment in some form, And when we do this, we get a really small glimpse of what it's like for those who do not have enough food, for those who can't provide entertainment for themselves. And this builds up what we would call solidarity, right? The ability to stand with the poor. And when we do this, we begin to recognize Christ's presence in the other. We recognize Christ's presence in the poor. And this should give us some drive to reach out, to give alms, not simply from our surplus, but from what we actually need. And as someone much holier than me recommended to me, use the money that you save from your fasting, or the time that you save from your fasting from entertainment, to give to another. Right, That's part of fasting from some good is that we're able to then give to another. So the purpose for our fasting isn't simply to walk around bored and hungry, but it helps us to show repentance for the ways that we've put other things ahead of God. It allows us to humble ourselves and recognize our dependence on God when we turn to him in prayer, and it gives us an opportunity to grow in charity Towards others. And the saints always say, this is unanimous, that prayer without or that fasting without humility and charity is wasted. It becomes simply an exercise in worshiping ourselves. So what exactly does fasting accomplish? And we can start getting at this when we see what it's, not, what it's not supposed to accomplish, which we hear in Isaiah chapter 58, verses 2 through 5. The Lord says, They seek me daily and delight to know my ways, as if they were a nation that did righteousness and did not forsake the ordinance of their God. They ask of me righteous judgments They delight to draw near to God. They say to me, why have we fasted and you do not see? Why have we humbled ourselves and you do not acknowledge of it and you make no knowledge of it? Behold, the Lord says, and the day of your fast you seek your own pleasure and oppress all your workers. Behold, you fast only to quarrel and to fight and to hit with wicked fist. Fasting like yours this day will not make your voice heard before me. Is such the fast that I choose? Is it a day for a man to humble himself? Is it to bow down his head like a rush and to spread sackcloth and ashes under him? Will you call this a fast and a day acceptable to the Lord? In this passage, we see some ways that fasting is misinterpreted. First and foremost, we don't fast to change God's mind. We don't fast to change God. This is exactly what the Lord is speaking out against in this passage. Rather, fasting is to change us. Fasting is to change our hearts. And it affects us in four noticeable ways. First, it gives us an opportunity to grow in humility to recognize that we are not the center. It gives us an opportunity to grow in most any virtue as we learn to walk not attached to the extremes. It allows us to recognize our need for God, and it allows us to participate in the love of God for all humanity. But when we do it poorly, Fasting actually becomes a source for the opposite of these. It becomes a source of pride when we make our fasts noticeable to others or when we seek to just challenge ourselves, right? Can I prove to myself that I can go without this good? It becomes a source for vice when, if you're like I was when I was much dumber in college, and you go from a really hard fast, and then the next day, you're binging on whatever. Like for me, it was you know, Ash Wednesday. I'm not going to eat all day. And by midnight, I'm in line at Wendy's getting a spicy chicken sandwich with a large fry, right? Like starting the day off right to just go out and eat. You know? Like I'm making up for what I lost. When you're doing this, you're bouncing from extremes. And a virtue isn't simply the average of our actions, but a virtue is actually doing good things consistently. Right? And I don't know if any of you have you know, a dog or a cat, usually dogs. Right? If you put out too much food, they eat it all. Right? They bounce from extremes. Fasting isn't to teach us how to be an animal. Fasting is something that only people are capable of. When we fast incorrectly, it encourages self-reliance, right? That idea of just white-knuckle it and prove that I can do it, right? I need to be the one who can do this. And it inspires selfishness when we do it wrong, because I then use my fast as an excuse to get other things, right? Well... I gave up chocolate so I can have these other sweets, right? I just make up for what I'm losing. So if these are bad ways of fasting, then how do we do it properly? First, for growing in humility, we choose a fast that's hard to notice, right? Something simple like giving up seasoning your food. Usually people aren't, you know, forcing salt on you. you you really want salt? No, I'm good. You really, you really want this salt? You know like, that doesn't happen. So when you give up something that's hard for others to notice, then your fasting doesn't become prideful. You're not showing off for others. It's something that only you and the Lord know about, right? And try to we need to fight that temptation to try and figure out what other people gave up for Lent. You know, that's often something that I found enjoyable before I got yelled at by my spiritual director. Like, all right, I'm going to figure out what this guy gave up. You know, that's prideful. Also, choose a fast that's reasonable. We don't need to, you know, go out and try to change every bad habit at once and simply prove to ourselves that we can do it. Choose something that you're pretty sure you can do, but will take some effort. And when we fast properly to build virtues, as I was talking about earlier, right, the virtue needs to be consistent, good actions. So if you're someone who, you know, relaxes your fast on a Sunday, because it is a solemnity, right, moderate what you do. If you're someone who's, you know, this works really well if you give up alcohol for Lent, right? Sunday isn't an excuse to get drunk because you have to make up for what you lost the rest of the days, right? We then enter into moderation when we leave a day of fasting. And this helps us grow in that virtue, that ability to continue to tell ourselves, no, Right? Because if we give something up and just go back to how things were, then that's 40 days wasted. 40 days with the Lord that we then go back to how it was before. That's not what Lent is for. Lent should leave us changed. Right? And we then come to build this dependence on the Lord through fasting. So when you fast, attach a prayer intention to it. Because when we deprive ourselves of some good and attach a prayer, that reminds us that we need God. We need to be with him. And then our fasting actually becomes a weapon against the enemy. Right? When that temptation to return to whatever we gave, we gave up enters in, It's an invitation to prayer, right? When the desire to go get those sweets that I gave up kicks in, it's a reminder that I need to pray, you know? Maybe it's just an Our Father. Maybe it's a quick prayer from the heart. Lord, at this moment, I need you. It's an invitation to return to acknowledging how much we need God within us. And when we join our fasting to prayer, it gains a purpose, right? There's no point in just choosing to be hungry for the sake of being hungry. We choose to give something up to be able to return more fully to the Lord. And it teaches us how to be charitable. As I'd mentioned, right, fasting without humility and charity is wasted. So charity or love of another is the cornerstone of the Christian life. God is love. Meaning that God is completely and totally concerned for the good of the other. So fasting gives us a way of knowing some of the aspects, some aspect of the difficulties that the poor go through, right? Of what it means to live with some semblance of poverty. It gives us the opportunity to walk in another's shoes at least a few steps. This should show us why Jesus points out that it means more for that widow to give two coins from what she needs than for the rich man to give out of his excess. Our fasting must be joined to some form of almsgiving, some act of, Of charity. Otherwise, we're just hungry. And when it's joined to love, then our fasting becomes an unshakable sign of God's presence within the world. So, with this in mind, how do we make this practical, right, after one week of Lent? First, evaluate. What's your plan? What does your fasting look like? Is it something that you like to talk about with others? And, you know, if you're in a prayer group, that's one thing, right, where you are trying to be supportive of one another. But simply going around and, you know, talking about your fasting starts to plant that seed of pride. Is it something that I look at just as a challenge that I have to complete? Which was often my, my problem, right? Here, the answer is adapting our fasting to something more subtle. Perhaps we've reached too high and become too flashy. So, you know, for me, maybe this will be helpful for you. I... Again, when I was much more stupid in college, tried giving up eating completely on Fridays of Lent. But when you're living around 60 other guys as I was, it's kind of hard to hide the fact that you're not eating when you have a community dinner. You know, like, why is he sitting there just drinking water? So, I received some good advice, I like just grab a salad, which to me is a penance of itself. <laughs> grab a salad, eat it slowly, no one's paying attention to what you're eating, right? So it wasn't so much that I needed to give up what I was doing completely, but I needed to shift it, because what I was doing became a distraction, became too flashy, Do you have the habit, like I did, of going from a hard fast into overindulgence? Something to remember is there's no making up for what you've lost through a fast. That just becomes gluttony. We We don't make it up. So if you gave up Netflix, Then, right, the day your fast ends is not the day you watch an entire TV series. And this holds also when we enter into Easter. Um, Again, with that idea of I've given something up for 40 days. Don't go back to how it was before. Work on a plan to moderate what you've given up. Do I pray while I'm fasting? Right? Every time that desire kicks in, do I turn to the Lord in prayer? Do I allow myself to be focused on God? And do I turn some act of charity when I fast? Right? There's plenty of opportunities in downtown Arlington. Right? Give some of the money that you have to where you actually can spend less on yourself this Lent. Spend some of the time that you're making up by giving up some form of entertainment. Right? You can be involved even in the parish. Right, We have the Dinner for All. We have the Saturday, uh, Saturday Bible Studies. I'm sure Father Planty can help you find something to do. Right? Perhaps Catholic Social Services in Arlington, would be a good opportunity. But ultimately, the goal of fasting isn't simply to be hungry, to be bored. The goal of our fasting is to pull us out of ourselves, to pull us into dependence and greater love of the Lord. So that ultimately, we have to work to ensure that our fasting isn't simply An exercise of bored hunger, but an opportunity for us to be more receptive to Christ's grace in our lives and to live out the grace of our baptism by showing forth the light of Christ to the whole world.